5: This is Mayor Sheldon Neely, and you're listening to The Tom Sumner Show. Hey, welcome back, everybody, uh, as we roll into Hour 2 of Armchair Politics, uh, our weekly roundtable on the Tom Sumner program. And joining me for today's edition of Armchair Politics, we have our roundtable regulars, Flint's premier political pundit, Paul Rosicki. Paul, welcome back. Always good to be here. And longtime Genesee County Republican, Henry Hatter. Henry, welcome back. Thank you. And joining uh, the roundtable regulars this week, we have community activist Arthur Woodson. Art, welcome back. Thanks for uh, being Thank here you. today.
4: Thank you. Oh, man, I'm having a man beautiful time with, with <laughs> the
1: experts. Well, I count you
5: among those, uh, Art, although I do tease Art <laughs> yeah. about being against everything. Um, but But that gets back to what we were talking about at the end of the first half. Um, I, I had just uh, raised the question about uh, former Speaker of the Michigan House of Representatives, Lee Chatfield, stepping down from a position because of pushback, because of positions he took while Speaker of the House, um, l- primarily dealing with um his blocking new legal protections for LGBTQ workers, and Art was uh, making the point—a very Republican point, I might add—about the government not being able to restrict people's behavior. And I was uh, raising, I raised the question before we, uh, before we rolled over into the second hour, if, if it's different for protections versus restrictions. You know, is it is it okay for the government to step in and and provide protections, non-discriminatory legislation, and that sort of thing? Um, oh, you mean like funding? For no, abortion? no, I'm saying like for Laws, like, like for like, example, I like, like, give you, I okay. give you the example. Okay, real okay. Quick guarantee against
6: discrimination.
4: I, I I don't like when the government jumps in on either side because they mm-hmm. allow lawlessness so that they can invent laws, just like, example, 1994 crime bill, where crack cocaine was you get more time for crack cocaine than you did for powder cocaine, and it disenfranchised, and it, I mean, really affected the black community. So Mm
1: -hmm.
4: when they step in, it's not to benefit us, and then they came with private prisons. So it wasn't to benefit the people, it was to benefit them. So I do not like big government, period. Just like smoking cigarettes in bars. If you don't like cigarette smoke, don't go Stop in there. in the bars. Right. I, I mean, that's <laughs> private. They, they opened the bar with private money. It's their money. They should be able to say whatever they want to do and do what they want to do in their bars. It's their money.
1: Arthur is truly a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> it,
4: it
6: sure sounded no. like it. At least no, you're, at this you're, point. You're, I am a libertarian at this point I think. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that's can be probably that, true
1: too,
4: because they're close. I No, I'm just uh, I mean I'm just, I'm just I'm just I'm just I'm just real. I mean No, and, common
5: sense. and I'm and I'm with you on the on the whole uh, smoking in bars thing because uh yeah. you know, I started out at a time when um Bars had long established been the place you went to smoke and drink. And now people right. are, you know, they're eating buffalo wings and watching football games. And, you know, that's not what bars were meant for. Right, <laughs> you know? right. But anyway, that's after years and years and years as a militant smoker. That's been my my take on that. But we haven't, you haven't finished the conversation. This was about LBG. I want to
1: know where the recommendation where are we going with that
5: well the the question wasn't about for or against LGBTQ it was about whether or not elected officials yeah. once they leave office if they should be you know held accountable for the positions that they held and the positions they took while they were in office should it cost somebody a, a potential well gig? you know you got to remember that those and individuals that are elected individuals.
1: They have a constituency and they have to listen to that constituency. You know? So but, and again, but, but at least you, when, I,
6: when I saw the story I wonder he he seemed to step aside so quickly, I wonder whether it simply was it his decision or was he elbowed aside by the organization. Well I think
5: but once I, the I pushback wondered, started um, Paul I, I think he became not a good fit for the organization.
6: Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wonder if I he, mean, he made that decision. And he realized
5: it, it too. I mean, he, you know, he yeah, stepped right Yeah, that was the take
6: up. when I saw the story.
5: Yeah, I mean, that who would want be.
4: somebody? Who would want somebody that would affect? If, you know, the outcome of if they doing it for profit. I mean, let's let's yes. look at Governor Snyder. Governor Snyder was offered a job at Harvard, wasn't it? And they took it back. Because of the outcry of the people, yeah. <laughs> so that's right. So, so I mean, you have to be cautious of your decision making when you are in office. Um, things that you say. I mean,
1: that, you, know, that, have that, ex- you have to accept responsibility. There are some correct, things that right. lead you. You know, there's a Well, the he, you know, he'll
5: end up at if, if, the Mackinac Center or some yeah, other Republican, you know, conservative yeah, or some conservative. yeah, some conservative think tank. Um,
6: but but if he had taken that job and he spent all this time defending his positions in, in, in Lansing and not advancing the economic development of Kalamazoo, yeah, he would not, would not kind have of been defeated. Whole purpose. Yeah. I
5: thought it was interesting that that Chatfield. Um, actually kind of stood by his convictions because his his statement actually said in so many words he apologized for causing a controversy yeah. but not for what he believed
1: yeah, I like that
5: i do too, I do too, whether I agree with them or not you know i yeah. i I think there should be protections for lgbtq yes. people um but you know i but but i uh actually kind of um Acknowledge that I, I think Chatfield you, you know, the stood up. Part, you know the
4: sad part is that we gotta have protections for individuals wanting to live their own life.
1: Yes, I mean, but the there, new I generation mean, guys will make all of this possible. Uh, thanks to the young people, the old people who wanted uh, one uh, one man, one woman to make a pair—that's uh, gone. And uh, thanks to the that, new that, generation. That appears to be
6: true, Henry. I think that there's yeah. that a big generational shift there.
1: Yeah, And all of this other stuff will come to pass, too. Right. But he won't.
4: Then, you know, the, the real part that we should be looking at is how these politicians use the revolving door about how I help certain organizations out. And then once I retire... You I'm able a job to job with one to of those organizations
5: organization yep. and get a seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars <laughs> salary. Yeah. That happens. That, that happens an well, awful lot, story, and you're yeah. right to point that out. Governor Gretchen <laughs> Whitmer signed an executive order Saturday declaring a Michigan state of energy emergency to ensure adequate propane distribution over the coming days. The order temporarily suspends restrictions on commercial driver hours to allow the immediate delivery of energy to homes and businesses. Uh, According to Whitmer's office, it exempts motor carriers and drivers transporting propane and heating oil from compliance with maximum weekly driving and on-duty limits. The order took effect immediately and will remain in effect through the end of the month. Has the governor developed an M.O. or modus operandi of uh, declaring an emergency to set the stage for acting independently of the legislature?
1: Uh, it appears that way, and she needs to be cautious because yeah. she's got to run for election, and uh, well, she's got to make sure that all of this stuff doesn't come crumbling down on her.
6: And I think on this issue, the last thing she wants is another Texas in Michigan. Yeah, <laughs> so
1: yeah. she doesn't want Texas.
6: doesn't want to see that happen.
1: Right, but General Motors going are going to help her do that by declaring all cars from now on. The internal combustion engine will be out. Out of use by twenty
2: thirty five, and General
1: Motors, who is the uh-huh. home, is is the reason why Michigan is equal to the fifth largest industrial country in the world, is because of that. Automobile. And isn't that why? Isn't that why Syria. GM
6: changed their logo? That looks more like an electrical outlet now. <laughs> I, I think there wasn't much of a change from my perspective, but I've, I I kind of wondered why well, they made a big deal about this new GM logo. Yeah. And so hey. somebody said it was because of they're going they're going electric.
1: Yeah, you know I don't mean to change the subject, but I that's very uh, bare on my mind about what's going to happen to General Motors
0: because could he, uh, they could be
1: making a really bad mis- mistake. We can't possibly generate enough electricity to do what it wants to do. Could, could, the infrastructure is not there. Hey. Could she have been doing
4: this emergency order because of uh, the emergency down in Texas and how gas prices and everything are rising? Is there a time limit on this executive order? And, you know, after seeing President Trump do so many executive orders, Kirk telling Congress and the Senate, you know, it became a norm where people are able to do Executive orders now. So I mean, but if it's beneficial for the state of Michigan to lower the prices, where we can hurry up and get propane and butane and gas in certain areas, to make sure that the gas prices doesn't rise to a certain point because it just jumped up, what almost twenty cents uh, in the last couple of months. So if it's if it's benefiting the people in the, in the state of Michigan, I'm all for the executive order.
1: But there's cause and effect. We, 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 at at Mackinac we said we don't want the pipeline to come through here that brings that new oil across into right. Michigan and down to Texas. That's all a cause and effect of what's happening right now.
2: Well, the prices are, are rising,
1: day. and the prices are rising, and we we have disaster on the hand just waiting to happen.
4: But would you want an anchor to hook up to that Line Five, which? right there in Port Huron, or right there by by the Enbridge. And both of our water sources, KWA and Glewa, comes from the Port Huron. So we yeah. do not really have a backup resource here in the city of Flint. Detroit does, but Flint doesn't because we're not on the Flint River. So we get our water from Glewa, and if something happens to Port Huron, we can't go to our backup resource because KWA gets theirs from uh, Port Huron. So we have a redundant backup resource, not a actually backup resource.
1: But as we're talking about fuel. We're talking about oil. Gas, right, right, right. But we don't even use the oil.
5: Else. We don't even use the oil here in Michigan.
4: I know. Oil it's, oil just shipped, out, it's just so it's shipped through.
5: through. Let me, let me yeah. uh, suggest this from, from a uh, political standpoint and a strategy standpoint. Wouldn't the governor be wise to, you know, maybe – put together a gang of eight with the leadership from both houses of the legislature and, and you know, sit down. And when one of these emergencies comes up, she could pull that group together and they could make a yes. group decision. And then she'd have that back up in the it's legislature. Not right.
4: it, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. They won't even pass the 5.7 million or billion billion dollars uh, health care for covid 19 right but, now. but would if they have,
5: have but would they have Arthur and this is what I'm suggesting if she had um, included leadership from both houses in the various decisions that she's made and, but and she would have that backup and they wouldn't be trying to take her emergency authority away.
4: I mean but the sticking point in any other legislation that they're trying to push through, is giving up her powers to call it state of emergency. That shouldn't be in there. Let's just do a straight bill and let's just work on it and I won't have to do this. But you trying to force me to sign a bill that makes me give up all my uh, powers. And that's not right for the Republicans to be doing that. Well, but uh, she, but she but, needs uh, to
5: do something to get them more on her side. But, and but, we go, ahead, uh, Henry, we'll come back to you. I've got to okay. take a break okay. here and uh, let our broadcast partners squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do when we go to break. If you're streaming us, we have some messages as well. Armchair Politics will continue right after this break, so don't touch that dial. Don't click that mouse. We will return.
1: Hello, darling. This is Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, with Tom Sumner.
5: Support the Tom Sumner Program and Civilized Talk Radio. Visit our website at TomSumnerProgram.com and become a member. You can make a one-time gift or become a sustaining patron by taking the link to the Tom Sumner Program Patreon page. Thanks for listening, and thanks for your support.
1: I know this is a really
4: hard time for everyone. We're facing a killer virus, economic pain, and all the
2: frustrations of being cooped up at home. Believe me. I have two teenagers to deal with. But the worst thing we can do is let up now, triggering a second coronavirus
0: wave that causes more death and economic chaos. What you're doing is working. You're saving lives. So let's all hang in there, and please,
1: stay home and stay safe.
2: Discoveries. They happen when we least expect them in places we thought we knew.
0: Program.com. The Tom Sumner Program.com.
5: Hello, this is State Senator Jim Ananick, and you're listening to the Tom Sumner Program. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to Armchair Politics on the Tom Sumner Program, our weekly roundtable with roundtable regulars Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter, joined by Flint community activist Arthur Woodson. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, when we Thank went to you. break, Henry was just about to uh, yeah say something. Just real, pick it up real there? quick.
1: I, I want to ask Mr. Uh, here. Do you recall how the dem, Democrat senators reacted to the negative uh, negativity uh, when Donald Trump uh, executed uh, executive orders? How negative they were. Yeah. Well, yeah, they translate they, quickly, quickly to they, Michigan they, and yeah, evaluate. They, 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 how Mm -hmm. the Republican Party is reacting to the governor's executive orders. It's the same kind of behavior. Now, there was one case, and I'm all done when I say that. Now, there was a point back about six months ago when the governor and the legislature got together to uh, develop a school budget, and they did it in two or three Mm -hmm. days, and everything went fine, and you hear nothing about that, and the governor needs to be more tactful uh, in using that practice, she is the chief legislator of the state. She's the head of the state. My God, it's it's her time now to act up and uh, to, to make sure that uh, things are stable and and uh, you know the people's work get done. Thank you. I'm all done.
5: Well, I uh, I was trying to suggest before we went to break that uh, that the governor would be farther ahead maybe if she brought a a representative group of leadership from both parties, both houses, a gang of eight, if you will. And, you know, every time there's an emergency, if she would gather them up, you know, it's so easy to do now with a Zoom meeting and, and try and get them on board before she writes the executive order, knowing that it's time sensitive in many cases. But if she had their support, in the decision she would spend less time defending the governor's right to declare emergencies
6: and as Henry points out I mean here and there it has worked before I mean even in these partisan times there have been occasions when they can actually pull things together and get stuff done so yeah a, a plan like that if, if if she could get enough cooperation for a panel like that might be a very wise political move
4: and I am um, what you what both you just said, I'm, I mean, absolutely behind that one hundred percent. But in the polarized yeah. atmosphere that we have now, you know, the Republicans got to hold their corners, the Democrats got to have their corners. It's no more middle. It's no. It's only right versus left, far right, far left. Yeah. I I don't I don't agree with all executive orders because you know what she did with the nursing homes. I'm still uh outrage that they would put positive COVID patients in a vulnerable healthcare nursing home with uh, uh elderly uh, you know people. So I'm not with that, uh you know, where is 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 writing executive orders to skirt, you know, skirt uh legislation but, but at the same time it's far left, far right you're not going to get anything done because my 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 constituents don't want me to work with you.
5: Yeah, are you? Yeah, you raise yeah, an, an issue that yeah. I find myself bringing up from time to time. There's, there's the way it should be, and then there's the way it is.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah,
5: right. <laughs> right, and yet the people's work have to get done.
1: So how do Somebody we get done? By Hook or cook? Well, we have to work with at the it, like. When-
6: when the pressure yeah. was there for the budget, they, when push came to shove, they finally did get it done.
1: Yeah, Quite top ball, leaders have to take. It can happen. The, yeah. the governor is the chief negotiator. She is the chief legislator. She is the person who runs the state of Michigan. She needs and, to, uh, She needs to, She needs to step up to it.
6: And she's the first not, governor of the last yeah, three she, who has had legislative experience. The last two did yeah, not. She so needs to
1: step up. She, she brings she's got, experience got enough. The office. And besides, there are enough people, both Democrats and Republicans, on her side that she can do it. But she's got to know that she can do it. She's got to sense it and get away from all of the partisan politics and say, I'm Ms. the governor.
4: Mr. What? Hatter, can I, can I say something yes. real quick? Sure. Yeah. She can't get anything done until the people, and i especially say the Republican Party, she mm-hmm. can't get anything done until the the supporters of these elected officials back down and That's say, you people. know what? That's the let's, people. Let's, Right, because the, uh, the, the elected officials are afraid of their constituents. Yeah, and yeah.
1: Until, yeah. They,
4: until, until they give them the okay to work with Governor Whitmer, they're not going to work with her.
1: No, and, but, and, and
4: until y'all find okay. somebody that can go to the people and say, "Hey, y'all, listen, we got a bag down." No, it's um, not y'all.
1: It's we.
5: It's we. <laughs> it's got to be we. Okay, uh, right. because, because we're a reason for, for yeah. that's, that's that's a that's a fair distinction, Henry. I, I like I like that. Um, there's there's too much us against them already. Right, right. And and I know y'all is just a figure of speech, Art, but but I appreciate that distinction. A top aide to embattled Republican Senate majority leader... Mike Shirky, is leaving to take a job in in Democratic (laughs) State Attorney General Dana Nessel's office. Amber McCann, Shirky's Deputy Chief of Staff and Press Secretary, will start as uh, Special Projects Director in the Department's Public Information and Education Office on March 8th. Nessel Communications Director Kelly Rossman Kinney, confirmed thursday the news first reported by crane's detroit business came about a week after the release of a video in which shirky falsely said uh, supporters of president donald trump were not involved in the deadly u.s Capitol riot calling it a hoax he apologized but later said he was not taking back the points he was trying to make but rather some of the words i chose ms mccann has a reputation as a tireless worker and consummate professional and um Attorney General Nessel is eager for her to continue serving the people of our state, Rossman McKinney said. McCann, who also served as a spokeswoman for the two previous Senate majority leaders, um, she began working for the uh, Senate GOP 15 years ago. Is this a win-win for McCann and the AG's office?
6: That was my reaction when I saw that story. Yeah, I I would think so.
4: Why would that be a win-win?
5: Well, for the for the AG's office, they get a uh, a very competent uh, person on staff that speaks Republican.
6: <laughs> yeah, and, 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 you and, and need again, that, that, that bipartisan appearance and you need that, appearance. And and that, that bipartisan
1: frankly, appearance, that we frankly, that's part and of the success of any organization. And it to gets get the opposite side.
5: And it gets McCann. Out from under what looks like is is going to be a very troubled uh, term yeah. for the majority leader.
4: Yeah, I mean he already in hot water with that private uh, video where uh, he said uh, about the GOP when they uh, uh, what was it that he said? He said he didn't care about them cens- censuring him because I'm oh, yeah. standing <laughs> with uh, Governor Whitmer. So I guess yeah. him coming out saying about the Capitol is trying to get back uh, the points that he lost from where they caught him on that hot mic. So, yeah. so, I mean, and that's what I mean by people playing to their base. That's why we can't get anything done, because everything is polarized and everything is...
6: <clears throat> I was going to say, you know, one reason why that's true is because now the real elections for most people is the primary, not the general and right. we do that because of the way we gerrymander districts. So the fact is, if if you're a Republican or a Democrat, you, you you you're worried about the primary. Once you win the primary, you're probably going to win, you know, the general in in your in your home district. So, and that's that focus forces both parties to the far left and to the far right.
4: Right. I mean, that's just like I'm running for second ward, and more uh, Councilman Davis. You know, I use that pro Trump, uh, you know, uh, where he wow. endorsed President Trump and if I beat him in the primary, you know, I'm 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 in there. You know, the general that's election, right. that's how it is in Flint. It's a democratic stronghold. Yeah. And whatever yeah. Democrat wins no they win, actually win in the primary And the general election is just uh uh just, just kind of a formality.
1: I, 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 right. I, yeah. I wanna I wanna support uh Mr. Woodson here was what you just said, and this will elucidate something I said at the last uh, session that Republicans can never win at the precinct level. And here's a great chance. Here's a great, uh, you, you will see Davis here. This is a great uh, posture to watch this evolve, and, and I know it's going to be Woodson because Republicans don't rise out of uh, the, local communities.
5: The question is, if if Art wins this second ward seat, unless who's going to hog more mic time, Art or uh, Eric Mays? <laughs> that that could be that be fun <laughs> to watch. Right? <laughs> you thought you thought the meetings were long now.
6: <laughs> oh, I think we can st- we can start taking bets on that right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. And you know what? And you know what? Uh,
4: people would lose because here's the thing, right? Before I go to the council meeting, I would be done my due diligence, and I would be asked all my questions during the committee hearing. So when it comes to city council, if if I have a question, by then you're ready it's to be something, Right? You know, if yeah. I have a question, it's something that. You know, just came that day, but I already did the research and my due diligence on whatever that that resolution is. So I don't even need to talk at council meeting. Everything's supposed to be done at committee hearings. That's, that's that's a very good point. Good.
1: And I'm glad to hear I'm glad to hear someone say that because that's oh. how it
6: works. That's and that's and the theme of my <laughs> next thing for East Village is the council meetings and they're they're endless.
4: Yeah, I mean have you to have council. to look at it. You they argue more about the rules, exactly. whereas whereas this group don't uh, acknowledge the rules when it's beneficial or, or when it's against them, but when it's beneficial for them, they acknowledge the rules. And then this yeah. group is trying to show that other group that you're not acknowledging the rules. So I mean, it's it's it's, it's just that you know people just have to work together and. Uh, air, you know what, me and Councilman amazed and been on uh, interviews together, and we have respected each other talking outside of council. So I know if we're on council, I know that I can talk, especially professionally, with him being on council if I can do it on radio interviews and everything
1: else. Well, let me, let uh, you me, know, go ahead, Henry. Can I just say this real quick? Yeah. Now, the Republican Party, the way it recruits people, would consider Woodson and maize as two potential choices. First of all, they exert a significant amount of independence and free thinking, not so much group thinking and following uh, the wind and stuff like that. They know what they're doing. And, And most of these people that the Republican Party hires in this process are people in policy positions. You gotta know something about policies and about organizations and so on and so forth but most people don't know that they, they function just like the city council does but I'm glad to hear uh, the uh, new councilman for that area say
5: that. Well let's move on. Governor, uh, Governor Whitmer is one of two U.S. governors uh, along with uh, Maryland Governor uh, Republican Larry Hogan that are uh, testifying uh, today in Washington uh, for a U.S. Senate committee hearing on infrastructure. And I'm going to kind of move into a lightning round here so we can squeeze as many things okay. in as we can before the next break. But do you think okay. the governor can attract federal dollars to help, quote, fix the damn roads?
6: Mm, I, think, me, I think with their, tie, going to with their ties with the Biden campaign, it'll probably help. Yeah. I don't, uh, well, I don't, I don't know. what
1: I don't think, I think this is going to help. They got to help out the big blue states, Texas, who has mismanaged money. Uh, also, New York and California. They got to save those states from themselves, so that there be they, they don't know where to find money. There's no money to be found except through taxes and cutting uh, and cutting benefits and stuff like that. There's no money out there, no discretionary money.
4: I'm I'm, I'm tired of them. Uh, really. Uh... Doing stupid stuff. You uproot a family to put 475, you uproot a whole co- uh, race to put 475 through the city. And then you want to take a whole bunch of money to tear up that 475 that you put down, to uproot family to connect to yeah. downtown. I mean, you, you, you spend money to waste money. I mean, it doesn't make sense, and Flint isn't even fixed yet. And you're talking about the damn roads. We well, haven't talked about the water
5: uh, yet. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. And 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 I don't dare bring that up with as little time as we have right. left. But 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 let <laughs> no,
4: me, I'm talking about I'm talking about Gretchen Whitmer. I'm talking about Governor Whitmer, right. not, not us. Let's uh,
5: let's flip over to uh, to Washington where. Uh, congressional uh, Democrats have drafted a plan for the formation of a 911 style or 911 style commission designed to investigate what led to the January 6th Capitol insurrection. Um, I'm, I'm going to just race through this and we'll get right to the question Would it be better to leave these investigations up to the Justice Department? Hmm. I, was,
4: I, was just ready, I was I was just getting I was I was just getting ready to say well, you don't have to go fire President Trump. Yeah, <laughs>
6: yeah. yeah. If, if it becomes a real investigation, if it's simply one more political attack, that's not going to solve much. I'm a, if, it's, no, if it's simply that, a partisan attack,
1: no I, people I, want no. But, but people want better answers than that.
6: No, I you mean I was looking at.
1: Yeah.
4: I was looking at the hearings yesterday, and, and, you know, I saw where the Capitol Police said that the FBI only gave them a day in an email to prepare for January the 6th. It was a breakdown throughout the whole system. And, you know, I believe that they do need a task force in order to to, uh, bring in the information, because the Justice Department will be clogged up trying to get information. Uh, you know, subpoenaing uh, certain documents, and then it's going to court. And, I mean, yeah, yeah you, need, you need a task force in order to do that. Yeah,
6: And this is, this is certainly a bigger threat than just what happened on January 6th. I mean, there's threats against state capitals. There's organizations out there that look like they may try something in the future. So there may right. be some justification to look beyond the courts as well for that. But, right. but I don't
1: think that most people want the capital to have fences around it and troops around it for uh, 238 exactly. years it's been open on a prairie people could walk in with muddy boots and stuff like that. they did not want their leaders walled up behind a a uh, barricade
5: who was it thomas uh, jefferson don't, they used don't to see have that. That uh, there was an open door policy at the White House, wasn't it, Thomas Jefferson, uh, Paul? That that had a big block of cheese.
6: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. That's, but, that's, yeah, that's right. But it, <laughs> I mean, even, even <laughs> yeah, even during Lincoln's time, you could walk into the White House and you know yeah. ask for a job or make make a pitch about something or another. Yeah. that's right But
4: here's, here's the thing. Luckily, the, the the Capitol wasn't burned down like the White House was back in eighteen twelve.
5: Yeah, that's so. Right. Yeah, that I mean, well, this
4: this, this, it is time, <laughs> this is the first time. This the is the first time. This is the first time that this no, did happen. That is no so.
1: association with that. We were at war. No, then. no, no, yeah. no. Yeah, what I'm saying, I'm
4: not. I'm not using it as a you know as an example as far as that. What I'm saying is it could have happened. And right now you have so many different things in in the atmosphere and temperature and you know everybody's at. a uh, uh, a fever pitch of really, you know, it doesn't take much. All I have to do is say "boo," and you're ready to shoot me now, you know. Yeah. So, so right now, after COVID is gone, people are able to go on vacations. People are able to move around freely. Then the gates come down because right now everybody's sitting on the internet waiting for something to take their frustrations out on.
0: Yeah, yeah.
6: yeah I, 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 there was a. I think a sp- that isolation does feed into that.
5: There was a story that came up that I thought was kind of interesting, and I'm not sure exactly how I feel about it, so I'm going to see how you guys react. Um, Democratic uh, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez has raised almost $5 million in her fundraising efforts to help Texans hard hit uh, by last week's winter storm. Now, she's a Democrat from New York. And she uh, actually went there to help out with distributing water and blankets and so on. What do you think of this New York Democrat helping out Texans in uh, in their emergency? Is this good PR for her? Are her constituents going to grumble about this a little bit?
6: Uh, I, I think it's going to grumble I think about it's good anything. It's softens her good image. PR. I mean, she was had this but. image as this hard left. You know, angry, angry person, and I think it softens her image a bit. Yeah, I think and it I don't,
1: does, too.
4: I, I think it's I, a I good thing. I don't think it does because Molinar from uh, Midland area, uh, he's a Republican, and he uh, yeah. he's yeah. the one that passed uh, the bill uh, in, in the House, sponsored the bill in the House to give us $159 million here in the city of Flint. Yeah. I think that it doesn't soften her. It just goes to show that even though uh, you know, Trump named uh, you know, put a name to uh, you know, the four, it goes 12. to show that they do yeah. have a <laughs> it goes to show that they have a heart and it goes to show that they will work outside of their their districts to help out, you know, other people regardless of Republican or Democrat, uh and and you know, we're still human.
1: So New I York think it hurts New York needs to help more than
4: Texas. No, of, right now, you know. right now, doing this emergency, doing this emergency, think, they need food, yeah, water last
6: week, yeah,
4: and and then you know their electric bills are twenty thousand dollars because they are they have their own power grid, which you know they never thought this would happen. So right now, yeah. Texas need more help than anybody in the United States right now, and I, I find it really you know. uh, I, I see it as being great that she stepped outside of New York and used her position to raise $5 million to take down to Texas to the people who wants it. If you're Republican and you don't want it, well, then so be it. But she's there to give to everybody, not
5: just the Democrats.
6: I like, so I I like
5: you, the gesture.
6: Yeah good, good, yeah, good PR, no matter how you cut kind it, of, I think. Well, I don't, yeah. like, well, sure I don't think it's going to hurt her in New York at all.
5: Let me see if I can squeeze one more in. in about We have about two minutes. Uh, leaders of a campaign to recall California Governor uh, Gavin Newsom have now gathered more than a million signatures and are basically on track uh, as they inch toward a March deadline to qualify for the ballot. Do you think there's a recall in California Governor Newsom's future?
6: Hmm. <laughs> I think it'll depend on the pandemic. If the pandemic eases, I think the recall is going to fall back, fall by the wayside too. That's that's my hunch. Yeah. see. I mean, you you think he's lucky
5: that uh, that arts in Michigan?
4: <laughs> hey, <look. laughs> probably. Hey, uh, I was getting ready to comment from experience. You know, it doesn't matter if you get the person on the ballot or not. You're gonna find the people who does not like that individual. And But it's still a whole lot more in California that does. So no matter what they get, uh, you can easily get the signatures, but it's getting the people who don't like, you know, who, who's dissatisfied with the individual. And I believe that he has more satis- satisfied individuals than he do, this, you know, people that don't, you know, like him.
5: And one last thing, we got about a minute left. The Supreme Court cleared the way for uh, a New York prosecutor to obtain former President Donald Trump's tax returns. How big a problem yeah. is this for the former president?
6: I well, please, always. That, yeah, well, I think it could be, it could, it could be a major thing if, the, depending on what's there, we don't really know. But he certainly has been so secretive about those taxes for the last four years that you have well, to wonder.
1: I don't know whether that's going to really make a big difference or not. The man is out of all sorts. Of, you can't do anything but take away his resources.
5: You can't not the Quickly, in
1: any tax- other way.
4: Quickly, it's, not the taxes, it's not the taxes itself. It's what they said and what was the intent if he did anything wrong. Do they have any notes yeah. and stuff? That's yeah. what they're looking for. Yeah.
5: yeah. Well, we got to take a Could short break from- and we're going to come back with uh, w- my favorite part is uh, the, in the final segment of uh, today's edition of Iron Chair Politics. That's of course the coveted X-files. So, if you're listening to us on 92.1 FM Our Voices Radio in Flint, we're going to let them squeeze a few words in or do whatever they do. If you're streaming, we have some messages too.
3: This is The Unknown Comic.
1: And guess what? You're listening to The Tom Sumner Show right now.
5: And now. And now too. And even now.
3: The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention is working to help keep you and your community safe from the threat of novel or new coronavirus. If you have traveled to a country with a widespread outbreak of COVID-19, Be sure dishes are washed in hot water or the dishwasher before anyone else uses them. Stay aware of how you feel. If you start to have difficulty breathing or if you're worried about your health, call your doctor. For more tips, visit cdc.gov.
5: Hey, welcome back to the final segment of uh, today's edition of Armchair Politics, our weekly roundtable on the Tom Sumner program featuring roundtable regulars Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter. Joined by Flint community activists for today's edition, Uh, we have uh, Art Woodson uh, joining the group. The X-Files, for anybody who doesn't know, is just a way of lightening things up at the end of uh, Armchair Politics each week. But also a way of uh, examining some of those weird and wacky stories that sometimes are hard to tell from the regular headlines. Um, We start out with a Florida boy. (laughs) 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 A Florida boy's attempt to, to hide in a trash can almost turned tragic when it was picked up by a garbage truck and nearly sent into the choppers while the blades were running. I was thinking this might be the end for me, 7-year-old Elias Cazada told WFLA, the NBC station in Tampa. I almost thought I was going to be a mashed potato, but then a sharp-eyed driver named Waldo Fidelli Uh, spotted the boy in the truck's surveillance camera and rushed to turn the choppers off. Luckily, he was able to act in time and call 911 for help. Little Elias suffered a minor cut and perhaps the beginning of a lifelong aversion to a certain household item. (laughs) He told WFLA, I don't like trash cans anymore. (laughs) Um, I
6: wonder why. is,
5: Is this an example of the benefits of checking your work? (laughs)
6: <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, phew, that kid's got to be scared.
5: Well, a Louisiana man captured some unusual footage Monday, a series of strange pulsing orbs shooting across power lines. The, the eerie sight, kind um, of lost my place here, Oh, the eerie sight came complete with sound effects. and almost sounded like a tornado, uh, according to uh, Christopher Fitzmorris, who filmed the scene. He told uh, New Orleans CBS affiliate WWL-TV, the glowing orbs were caused by a power surge released as a transformer failed in Kenner, a suburb of New Orleans. The station said about 10,000 people were without power on a chilly day after the surge. Others in the area captured similar footage. Are they sure these orbs were power surges and not, say, weather balloons?
4: (laughs) 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 I say power surge.
6: Or swamp gas. (laughs) Yeah,
5: yeah, swamp gas. Right. Um, Well, in a scientific discovery reminiscent of the plot of 1982 science fiction thriller The Thing, researchers have discovered life in Antarctica that theoretically shouldn't exist. Instead of a grotesque shape-shifting alien parasite, though, these life forms are sponges along with what appear to be barnacles. They were discovered after scientists with the British Antarctic Survey drilled beneath a section of the Filchner-Run ice shelf, which is more than, uh, well, it's nearly 3,000 feet thick in northwestern Antarctica. The team lowered a camera into the ice shelf hole to see what lay beneath and filmed the organisms clinging to a boulder. The first time that such life forms have been recorded beneath Antarctica's ice sheets. According to the team's findings, published Monday in the journal Frontiers in Marine Science, the uh, the sponges and suspected barnacles appear to be filter feeders, which feed by pulling out phytoplankton and other microscopic organisms from water. Hugh Griffiths, one of the authors on the study who analyzed the footage from the expedition, told New Scientist magazine that there's all sorts of reasons they shouldn't be there, and said that the nearest source of sunlight needed by phytoplankton to survive was about 370 miles away. Nevertheless, the uh, discovery hints that the seemingly harsh waters beneath Antarctica's ice may be more life-sustaining than initially thought. What other sorts of creatures might exist in unexpected places?
6: Uh, like well, bacteria, um, plankton,
4: y'all wanna, uh, you I want to hear something. I, I don't, don't
6: know intelligent yeah. life in Washington. Yeah,
4: All jokes aside, I. Talk, um, yeah, you know, go, go, okay, go ahead, Art. All jokes aside, I talked. I discussed this main thing right here with Homeland Security, especially doing where we were talking about climate change out uh, of shelters falling off and going into you know the oceans and everything right, right. these are bacteria that we do not know about these uh bacteria and, and uh, we get into the oceans into like dolphins tuna all this causing uh, yeah. illnesses that we into the don't food know chain about. yeah right into the right. food chain
1: yeah so so right. we don't
4: know about these illnesses that's coming yet
1: and and, these, uh, and the bacteria are millions of years old to be down that deep. That's, right, that's true. They're living now, so
4: we don't know if they're going to live once that stuff falls off that iceberg and go into the ocean and then the fish eat, uh, eat that bacteria or that parasite, get into that fish, and we turn around and catch it with tuna, and we eat it, and what happens to us?
1: Well, if it doesn't kill us, it makes us stronger. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, That's a dangerous phrase, Henry,
5: yeah.
6: (laughs) (laughs) With the big heads and the big feet. Yeah, we're we're learning that this past year. Well, I
5: have one more here from an Alaskan woman who found uh, life in an unexpected place. She had the scare of a lifetime when using an outhouse in the backcountry, and she was attacked by a bear from below. I got out there and sat down on the toilet, and immediately something bit my butt right as I sat down, Shannon Stevens told the Associated Press on Thursday. I jumped up and screamed when it happened. Stevens, uh, uh, her brother, Eric, and his uh, girlfriend had taken snowmobiles into the wilderness February 13th to stay at his yurt located about 20 miles northwest of in southeast Alaska. Her brother heard the screaming and went out to the outhouse about 150 feet away from the yurt. There he found Shannon uh, tending to her wound. They at first thought she had been bitten by a squirrel or a mink or something small. Eric brought his headlamp with him to see what it was. I opened the toilet seat and there's uh, a... Um, hang on just a second. We've got to get Henry back. Hey, I got... I got shut off. Sorry. Okay, All right. I'll uh, pick it up where I left off. Um, okay. I opened the toilet no. seat, and there's just a bear face right there at the level of the Woo. toilet seat, just looking right back up through the hole right at me, he said. "Which hole. <laughs> I just shut the lid as fast as I could. There's a bear down there. We got to get out of here now, he said. And we ran back to the yurt as fast as we could. Once safely back inside, they treated Shannon with a first aid kit. They determined it wasn't that serious, but they would head to Haines if it worsened. It was bleeding, but it wasn't super bad, Shannon said. Alaska Department of Fish and Game Wildlife Management biologist Carl Koch suspects it was a black bear based upon photos of the tracks he saw and the fact that a neighbor living about a half a mile away sent him a photo of a black bear on her property two days later. Kotch suspect Shannon's wound was caused by the bear swatting at her with a paw rather than being bitten either way the location yeah. might be a first should people make a habit of looking before sitting in a wilderness outhouse <laughs> i don't i don't know what they'd love to see down in that cannibal situation
6: if you see a bear looking back, you <laughs> better <laughs> leave quickly. They <laughs> certainly didn't. Yeah, they,
1: you really should because there may be snakes, yeah. uh, stuff like that, yeah.
5: yeah. Well, hey, guys, that wraps it up for today's edition of Armchair Politics, and I want to thank our roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter. Thank you, guys. It's always uh, great when you're here. And thank you, Art. You good were good. great.
4: I think, I think you are. You know I'm great, Art. Good to, hard to hard. have you here, Art. Henry.
5: Yes, thank you. Thanks, Art. I hope you uh, I hope we don't wait so long uh, to have you back.
4: I'm, I'm just waiting on you all. You know, you know, I, I enjoy being in, your, in, in all three of you present. Uh, well,
1: oh, thank here. you. I don't know what they have to say. It makes no difference anyway. Whatever it is, I'm against it. No matter what it is or who commenced it, I'm against
5: it. Ending with uh, Art's theme song there from Groucho Marx. Whatever it is, I'm against it. Anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in to today's edition of uh, Armchair Politics. Thanks again to the Roundtable regulars, Paul Rosicki and Henry Hatter. And uh, also to uh, Art Woodson for joining us this week. There's Smoke and George. i got to head on down the hall to the living room. But um, I'll be back tomorrow with another edition of the Tom Sumner program. So join us at... Nine o'clock tomorrow morning. In the meantime, good night, everybody.
0: The Tom Sumner program is a live variety show. We want to acknowledge all of our guests who play such an important role in the show and our cavalcade of cohorts from coast to coast for their regular contributions.